0: I have a chance to step away from the pulpit to honor some of our own serving every single week here, some of our pastoral team that you also need to hear from. And this man is somebody who labors every week with about 100 plus teenagers. How many of you know that deserves some round of applause right there? But, uh, but I selfishly appreciate him most because he swept my daughter, my firstborn, off her feet. And the greatest testimony I could give to you is thank you for loving my daughter so well cuz you make your you make your daddy's heart him stand on your feet let's honor pastor Aaron Brown Let <laughs> 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 to say over oh over and over, thank you for trusting me, because that was that was kind of crazy of you. Just, you know, that moment of faith that you took. And I'm like trying to convince him, like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. It's so great. I promise you. And he's got to be like, okay. Like, <laughs> I'm very grateful, and the amazing job you've done with raising that daughter. <clears throat> I get to reap the benefits of that, but... We're a happy family here. Uh, Like Pastor Ron said, I am the youth pastor here, and I love it. It's the best thing in the world. Um, Really quick icebreaker I like to do on uh, Tuesday nights after worship. We go into announcements, and in the announcement phase is where I get to be a little kooky. um, Every time, no matter what announcements I have, whether it's like a special event, what's going on with life groups and stuff like that, at some point in time, I always say another special announcement, socialism stinks. It's the worst. That's the proper response. <clears throat> Co- communism. Real swing and a miss. Doesn't, doesn't work. <laughs> so rest assured, that message is going forward. <laughs> and then we'll do things like, a, uh, like, depending, if I don't have enough announcements, it's like, uh, do we do an awkward silence? And, and it, it is awkward. I, I like the awkward. you got to embrace that. Or we do like uh, fictional theology. It's, it's taking a fictional situation and applying real theology to it. And I'll give you an example. Smurfs aren't people. <clears throat> okay, I got some of my people in here. That's right. This, this makes a lot of the girls in particularly very uncomfortable. Um, because my whole thing is they're not made in the image of God, right? Not God-breathed didn't give us, like, they're, they're an animal. If, a, if we saw a Smurf walk in here right now, it might be a little gross, but I would have no more qualms over picking that sucker up and plopping it in my mouth and eating it than I would a cheeseburger. It's an animal. Is, is that correct thinking or not? Does it line up? If you have an argument, I'd be willing to hear it right now. Don't tell me because it's got a cute face. So do Dogs. Those get eaten in other places. Um, it talks. So do parrots. That's not good enough. It's an animal. It's not a person. If it dies, it's not getting judged by God, okay? It's just there. Fictional theology. Are you with me? See, that's a pretty good icebreaker, right? It makes sense. They're not people, and you can't convince me other words. okay. <clears throat> We'll do awkward silence another time. <clears throat> That's not why I'm up here. What I am up here for is to continue on this great series in Psalms. Uh, I'm going to be in Psalms chapter 1. Uh, I don't know what your, your Bible heading says. My heading is the way of the righteous and the wicked. Throws both in there, but I want to focus on us being God's righteous, Right? Amen? So we're going to go the way of the righteous, planted, standing, and seeing. Uh, let's read this together because it's only six verses, but I want you to be well acquainted with them. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day day and night. Amen. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Verse 5. Okay, we may have a glitch. I'll read from Uh, The original. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Amen. That's all. That's all of. Psalms chapter 1, just so six verses, it's a shorter one, but it really highlights the importance of going the way of the righteous, does it not, and the consequences of being wicked. And since righteousness is so important, I thought it'd be very good that we uh, understand what righteous is and what the actual definition of righteousness is. We have these terms here. And all of these terms apply directly to this translation, this, this word righteous that's used right here. Um, do you have that? All right. <laughs> Just, lawful, and righteous. So what does God say is just and righteous? And when we see words like right, correct, lawful, you then get to determine like, okay, what are the definitions for all those and break all that down. I mean, it's a, it's a very wide grasping term. But righteousness, what is just and right in government come on, we were just talking about that. We need righteousness in government. The Bible talks about how people uh, rejoice and do well when there are righteous leaders, godly people leading, right? That's a good thing. And what's the best form of government, Pastor Ron? Self-government. Didn't you guys take that course yet? Self-government. The most unlimited government is good because we want it to be promoting self-government. So when I'm saying righteous living from top to bottom, it means how I'm governing myself all the way up to actual civil, worldly authority. Amen? We want righteousness there. We want it in our cause. This is our motivation, how we live, what we do day to day. We want it in our conduct and our character. So not just why we're doing what we're doing. You have to ask yourself why, but how you do it. The ends do not always justify the means. How you do it matters. God knows how the journey ends in your life. He's concerned about your heart in the middle of it. How are you going to get there? Do you love him and do you want to do it his way? In all things. Amen? This is good. Righteous as justified and vindicated by God. Not me. Him. That's a huge motivation right there. That, that, that's that's all-encompassing. And then just ultimately what is right, what is correct, and what is lawful. I see a lot of who, what, where, when, why, and how up there. This righteousness covers it. You can ask yourselves any of those questions about what you're doing, what you're going through, and is it righteous? Righteous. And, and I don't mean good. Good and righteous are two different things. They're not mutually exclusive. They can be often the same and connected to the same thing. But I want you to be better than good. There's a lot of good out there, quote unquote. That's not what he's talking about in this chapter. Good. I confront some of our youth sometimes. You're good. You're a good dude. That's not good enough. I want I want to see God operating in your life on a whole nother level and you moving in righteousness that brings a blessing and opens up doors to the next step of your life. Are you with me? So righteousness. Matthew 5, 6 says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And satisfaction is what everybody is looking for anyways. That's why our culture has gone down all the crazy routes that it's gone down now anyways because they're looking for satisfaction and they're not living righteously. That's why we got a lot of the problems that we have now. But I know that I can find ultimate satisfaction here and now as I choose righteousness as that's what I hunger and thirst for. Are we getting that on our brain? Hit me in my brain peace, Lord. And deep in my spirit, Amen. All right, so I got uh, three things I want to talk about planted, standing, and seeing. The righteous one is planted. Verses 1 through, C, bless, 1 through 3, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinner, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on the law he meditates day and night. Someone who is planted is delighting in God's presence, and they're enjoying his word. That's what the law is. It's his word. It's what's good. It's what he's wanting to reveal to us and speak to us planted means day and night. This is what's most important to me. I'm sitting in it. I'm pursuing it. I'm I'm getting it. He says he's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and all that he does he prospers. You know the word planted there? That's a verb and that indicates that the godly man did not get there by accident or his own volition. Planted is something that had to happen to the plant. It's not wildly grown and doing its own thing. It was put there intentionally and with a purpose. And we're going to get to fruit in just a second. Well, the fruit is going to come later. You don't get the fruit right away. The fruit is coming, though. But I want to tell you, the discomfort of being planted or not always knowing what it looks like, if you're in charge of planting your life, there's going to be some problems. You're going to miss some things. (laughs) There is a plan when we are planted, and the purpose of God's planting a man on his fertile grace is always to produce fruit. He always intentionally plants us for the purpose of growing fruit. That's so good. That's a good promise for you. And I don't want you to be condemned or guilty. That's not of the Lord. But I am welcoming conviction in this place for me for you. And any areas that I'm not bearing fruit that I should be, I want the Lord to change that area of my life. We're supposed to be bringing good fruit for the kingdom. And then there's other areas where their fruit comes well in time that you have to contend for. And we're going to see that promise too. But this fruit is so important. And let me just promise you, like when you're planted by these streams of living water, the good stuff, the stuff that, that, it's not, it's not just the stuff that I get from pastor on Sunday morning, which is so good. And the worship that the worship team provides for us, like this is important. This is part of the blessing that we get of being a part of the church. But that planted by streams of living water means that I'm pursuing something more than that. It looks differently. There's a lot more to your week than Sunday morning, Right? Are you with me? There's a lot more to your time than your life group. How much am I planted and seeking that, that water, that life-giving stream? When I wake up and I sit at the feet of Jesus and I pursue his word and his presence, that's the stuff that gets me by. That's that planted by that I need to be. God, put me there. Let me put my roots down where you want me and get connected and you're getting, you're getting life from those streams of water. Not the counsel of the wicked. I'm not doing it the way of sinners. That's not how we do life, right? I'm not sitting in the seat of scoffers. Wake up. Put your phone down. Instagram and Facebook. I am sick of it. Sick of you, the stories. I just wanted to share with you today what I really feel like I don't care That is never going to, I mean, you should hear the youth. I rag on social media real bad. I have a real disdain for a lot of what social media is. And it'll make some people uncomfortable, and I'm not saying there can't be any good that comes out of it, but I personally feel like the bad far outweighs the good at this point in time. That's a personal opinion I have. I'm not interested in having a long conversation with you about it. After this today, we can talk another time. What I'm telling you is, though, that can be another source, and we've let sources all over the world and our culture and from our phone influence us instead of having ourselves planted by God and Getting what we need to get from His Word and from His presence, you better prioritize that first. This is more important, and the world needs to see that righteous kind of living. Your family needs to see it, men, your kids need to see it, moms, people need to see it at our workplaces, and things like that. We want to be planted. If we get messed up during this planted season, it's, a, it's okay because the Lord is revealing some things. I was talking with Pastor Ron this week, uh, and he pointed out some issue that there were some trees that he and his mom were talking about in the south, these giant palm trees that were just falling over. Here we go, Pastor Aaron and trees again. I know, you're obsessed with trees, I'm not. Um, the thing about trees is they're cool, and God is a farmer, and Jesus uses plants in lots of his analogies and God talks about trees, so get over it. <clears throat> I already told you about the biome. Do you guys remember that when I talked about the the biomes from the 60s? They, try, they, they create those big glass bubbles to control the atmosphere just as like a science experiment, like how, 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 how can we do life? Um, and one of the things they had were those giant palm trees that grew up really tall, controlled environments very well, but they didn't factor in the wind resistance. They need it. They grew really, really strong and tall, but then they just fell over because the weight was too much, and they weren't adjusted or ready for the weight that comes when those trees blow in the storm. Like, that's good for them. Same thing for their roots. I did some research after talking with Pastor this week. Uh, Those big palmetto palm trees and those giant coconut palms, you guys know what I'm talking about? The big, iconic ones. Those are trees that do not have tap roots, which is interesting. Being that tall. And tap roots, most big trees have those long tap roots that go down the middle all the way into the earth. It helps anchor them more. When water is really scarce for all the other ones, that's the one that's going to get the water, right? It's going to find it. The palms don't have those. They're not taproot palms. And these palms were getting watered by man a lot in a dry season. And they just kept getting artificially watered by, by us. That's right, Pampered. Well, they grew nice, big, and strong, but because of the desperation that those trees need to have for their little roots to reach out and find water themselves, well, they didn't create the netting that they needed to really lock in and hold in strong. And when the time came for a little bit of wind or a little bit of weight, they just fell right over. I'm telling you, you can't be sustained on what other people can do for you. And our roots need to spread they go in like that sandy soil, right? Like this culture is not strong enough for us to be rooted in. We have to root ourselves where God has planted us to get deep and connected to that water and find it out. And although it's very uncomfortable to go through some dry spells and some storms, it's so good for you because it shows you what's important, what's necessary, what's worth holding on to. Amen? Amen. Jeremiah 17, 7 through 10. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. That's so good. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green. It is not anxious. Come on. I'm not anxious in the year of drought. I'm not anxious when COVID is around. I'm not anxious when some bad political decisions start happening. For it does not cease to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things, which I feel like social media is just like me, my heart. Look at me. Woo. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. This is important. You cannot work your way into God's good graces. He loves you. He met us. I need to acknowledge that I am a sinner that desperately needs a savior. That's what the gospel is all about. On top of that... Your actions are important. Your life, you should have good deeds, good works that follow because your faith is attached to those things. A righteous living. Do you pick the way of the righteous or the way of the wicked? Or do you just not care? You'll get burnt up in the chaff like we were just reading about. So we want to be planted. Amen? Number two, we want to be standing. A righteous one is standing. Verse 4 through 6, the wicked are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. There the wicked will not stand in judgment. They can't stand in that judgment. Nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. James 1.12 uh, says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast, Under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. It's okay to be desperate in this time. I want to tell you that. If you find yourself in these dry seasons or these storms and you see things starting to break down, fall apart, it's okay. As long as you acknowledge that, it's okay. Desperation means God is probably working something out inside of you that needed to be worked out a long time ago. Amen? And can I just tell you, the one who stands, you're going to fall. <laughs> well, the righteous man stands. Yeah, but you're going to fall. But Proverbs 24 tells us, 24:16, the righteous man falls down seven times but gets up again. It's not your perfection he's looking for. It's the journey. It's your heart. And in that very same verse, the, um, the, the wicked stumble in times of calamity. So it's like, well, you both fell. What's the difference? No, no, it's different. It's the heart. And I'm not talking about your everyday growth, which you're going to stumble. It's about understanding that I'm going to get back up. That doesn't define me. I'm defined by God. He says who I am, right? But when the real tough times come, when calamity strikes, When it's that death in the family, when it's something blowing up at work, when our country's in turmoil, it's that righteous living that guides me. And I'm able to stand tall and strong like I'm supposed to because I have God's righteousness inside of me, guiding me and strengthening, strengthening me. And that's what's gonna allow us as a church to stand out and be that light that we're supposed to be. Stand strong, stand through adversity, as you've been planted, and watch the good fruit that comes. And then lastly, seeing. A righteous one is seeing. If we go back and we look at the first three verses, here's what I want you to see. Two things. I want you to see the fruit that's coming back to you. We're going to come back to fruit. But I also want your perspective to be changed. I want you to see things differently than than you used to. And And this really should happen. As we get saved, as we become Christians, the Lord changes our identity and we don't perceive things the way the rest of the world perceives things. I'm seeing this differently. Even when it's bad, I can see this is an opportunity for the Lord to do something good. This is an opportunity for God's light to shine in my life. Um, Yeah, let's read Philippians 3, 8 through 10. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Everything is loss. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. And let's be honest, most of us has not suffered nearly as close as Paul has suffered. And he's still able to say that. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that righteousness which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in death. Does that sound like someone that is looking at things like everyone else is? Do you hear in his voice as he's writing how radically transformed he is and how willing he is to just Throw it all in the wind and pursue God with righteous living, understanding that no matter what cost it is, like I have seen God's good work in my life and it would be a shame to let that go to waste. We get one life to do this. We like to highlight eternity. That's a big thing to highlight, right, Pastor Dick? Heaven. We're not Hindus, that's right. We're not going to be reborn another person or a caterpillar. Um, This is it. We get one shot. And I want to remember eternity, that's a big deal. But that also puts just that much more emphasis on this life. Because this is very, very short in light of eternity. And you you get to do it one time. That week is gone, bye. Bye. We're starting a new week right now. And as much as you want that week back, you're not going to get it. And we're only guaranteed very little. And we don't know how many is guaranteed. I need to live righteously right now and reevaluate what's going on in my life. I want to be planted and I want to stand and I want to see. And I really want you to see that fruit. This is what can be really frustrating is sometimes we pursue things because we want it immediately. I rag on our teenagers all the time when it comes to dating. I, get, look, I give them a really hard time. I make them very uncomfortable. If that brings any consolation to any of you in this room, like I, I do. <laughs> because the whole idea is I want this and I want it now. I see it and I'm attracted to it. But you need to understand this applies to everything in your life. The fruit that's worth getting is worth waiting for and understanding that the Bible says in its season if we're planted like the righteous in your due season, that fruit will come. That's God's plan the entire time. I want you to see that blessing and that fruit, but that only comes if you're planted by his stream and you stand strong like you're supposed to, as he's called us to do, which you are well and able to do. Not in perfection. It's okay if you fall down, you get back up, but you stand because you know it's right and because Christ in you will allow you to get up every single time. Amen. Psalm 5, 11 through 12. So we're in Psalm 1. You just jump up just a few chapters. And the very end of it says, But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exult in you. For you bless the righteous God, you cover him with favor as with a shield. And that's what I'm believing and I'm speaking over every single one of you that pursues God's righteous living, that love his presence, that seek him out, that you would have his favor and that as you live righteously, he covers you like a shield. Of course he would. Of course he does. He's an incredible father. He's so good. He wants that for you. And remember, he wants to see that fruit. And he's also chosen us, his church, to be the one to pass this on generation to generation, to go out throughout the whole world and continue to pass this, to speak, to be that light. How, how else is it going to happen, the Bible says? Who is going to speak? Who's going to say? A righteous living. This is like, righteousness is like church preserving. You with me? Keeps us alive. Um, so stand up. Let me, let me pray for you. And I want you to come up afterwards. We'll have some, some people up here uh, who would love to pray with you, pastoral staff, elders, things like that. If you need help in one of these areas, if you see yourself struggling with being planted, if you see yourself really struggling to stand in that time of need, like let's, let's get that prayer. If you, if you're struggling, um, with seeing the fruit. These are all different seasons of our life that the Lord really wants to see us stand strong in righteous living and have breakthrough in. But I promise you, when things are tough and you're struggling, I want to encourage you, the righteous person, their leaves stay green. They do not wither. God, you have what we need day in and day out, Lord. We can stand strong, Planted by you, seeking that really good stuff every single morning that no one can take away. We thank you for your presence, God, and I just pray, Lord, for those that pursue righteousness and we let go of the way of the wicked, God. We 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 purpose in our heart to honor you in all that we do, that that shield of covering would just rest on them in their house, that there would be breakthrough happening there, Father. And we thank you for the fruit that comes in relationships, the fruit that comes financially, the fruit that comes uh, through breakthrough in the workplaces, God, and and just fresh vision, direction, God, fruit in this life that will echo forever and ever. In Jesus' name, bless these people, God, draw us to you. Amen. Amen. Come up if you need prayer. Read your Bible. Put the phone down.